Hi, I'm Dan from Desert Island Dicks, and in the run-up to the Edinburgh Festival, we've been recording loads of additional episodes of people who've got shows at the Edinburgh Festival. So we're popping out a couple of extra episodes here and there, like this one featuring Ginny Hogan. She's based in New York. She is a stand-up and a writer. Uh, she contributes to The New Yorker. Uh, she's written books. She's very funny, and uh, yeah, she's got a show on at Edinburgh, so you can go and check her out. She's really good on social media if you go to at Ginny Hogan on Twitter and Instagram uh, she's really funny on there so yeah here's a little uh, short little bonus episode that we thought we'd put out um, and we're going to keep doing this sort of thing in the run up to the Edinburgh Festival and because we're putting out extra episodes it's even more important that you subscribe so you don't miss any of them and it's easy to get them because well you know how it works with subscriptions and podcasts I don't need to explain it um, so that's it really here's an extra little bonus episode of Desert Island X with Ginny Hogan Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest and here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is writer and comedian Ginny Hogan. How are you doing? Good, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. We were just chatting before we started recording that uh, because you're in New York, I, for some reason, didn't realise you were still over there when I sent out the time to record and, and now you're doing it very early. So um, <laughs> I have to apologise. No, it's okay. I'm, a, I'm an early bird, but my room is creepily dark, which your listener is not going to know. But basically, I've blacked out my curtains. Like I've blacked out the entire room. So that I sleep well, so this is the the lightest I can make it. So I'm I'm here sitting creepily in the dark, but I'm so happy to talk to you. That's totally fine. You know, I was I think these days if I could have any superpower in the world, and I'm including things like flying, invisibility, super strength, I would just choose not being completely terrible first thing in the morning because I find it so hard. Even when I've had eight or nine hours sleep, it's like someone's hit me with a sledgehammer, and it's just I I think that's the one thing that could make my life measurably better. So I'm envious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm an I'm a morning morning bird, but I or early bird, but I I like don't ever do anything productive after like 11 a.m. Truly, okay. anything I need done has to be done by 11. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, we're going to start your day off by talking about the worst people and things you could imagine being stuck with. Uh, how was this for you? The process of of choosing your uh, your picks for the island. It wasn't it wasn't so bad because with a with few exceptions, it was just things that I didn't want in general. Um, like it, it didn't. I don't feel like I had to really imagine like being on an island too much, except for a few of the options that I chose. So it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, let's get into it then. Um, who's going to be the first person joining you on the island? Um, the first person I said was my baby niece. And <laughs> that's because she's pretty useless. But the other issue with her is that I love her a lot. I would like immediately put her needs above my own, um, which I think is not good for like survival on an island. I I'd rather be with someone who I, you know, either could help me yeah. or I wouldn't be that worried about them being upset. Yeah, exactly. I think as soon as you've got a dependent, things start getting very tricky, don't mm -hmm. they? And um and also, I mean, if things go really pear shaped, watching someone you love kind of 
perish or wither away is, isn't very nice. How old is your niece? She's two years old. And the other thing is that she loves animals. And I know that she would start chasing after like a dangerous animal. Like I, I think <laughs> she would be um, also I'd feel bad like killing an animal for food in front of her. I think she would just make the whole thing a huge disaster. <laughs> I was gonna say at least two that a bit more interesting and slightly less hard work than if they're a real baby. But at the same time, they have enough free will to just go off and fall down a big hole or, you know, get stung by a jellyfish or something. So, yeah, I would have to be watching her constantly. She can move independently, which is pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. I have a two year old son, so I can imagine how the last place, I mean, even just taking him to a beach on holiday is like, ah, don't put that in your mouth. Oh fuck. How am I going to clean this off? Oh God, yeah. where, what have you done now? So, I mean, having to yeah. do that, but also survive and fetch coconuts and chop down trees and make a shelter and that kind of thing is just, uh, yeah, it's not good. Also, you know, if I don't have like one of the few things he likes to eat, you know, what am I going to do? Right, she's a picky eater and I feel like she could like destroy a tent really fast. Like she would pull just the right cord to like have the whole, like she somehow goes for like, making the biggest mess possible like immediately like she just knows how to hone in on that so i feel like that's what she would do on desert island yeah it's unbelievable how much mess a small child can make so quickly like even with even quite innocuous things like you'll be in a car and give them a slice of bread to eat and then you turn around and it's like it's like you've just splattered porridge all over the car and i don't know like it was just dry bread how like how has this happened like it's actually quite a skill but um yeah, being stuck with someone like that on an island is, um, and you know, if you ever do get rescued, you know, you're gonna have to answer to your. Is it so? Is it your sister's uh, daughter? It's my sister's daughter. Yeah. So you're gonna have to answer to your sister the way you've raised raised her for a couple of years or something. <laughs> True. Yeah. So my sister actually has twins. So when I wrote the answer, I was imagining either one of them, but um, the disaster would be both of them together because they compound the issue. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Twins Island is not far off snakes on a plane for a sort of doomsday scenario. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> no. Yeah, oh, man. Okay, cool. So we're going to, should we say it's the twins then? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, to really make this hellish. Okay, so you, you have the twins. Um, who's going to be joining him? Um, Kevin McCarthy. He's the, do you follow American politics? I do a little bit. But I mean, at this stage in world events, I've stopped even following our own politics too much just for the sake of my mental health. So I'm kind of, I dip in and out. So I'm aware. So he's a Republican. Uh, he's a is he a senator or? He's a congressperson. He's the speaker of the house. So he runs like the house of representatives or I guess sort mm-hmm. of run, not, he is run by the house of representatives. But I think I wrote this one when um, the United States almost defaulted on its debt. We almost did not pass a bill to increase our debt ceiling, which we do like every few years because he's kind of like held, he was holding Biden hostage because he's held hostage by like more powerful people in his party. Um, Mm -hmm. And he is like a mix of like, he, he's not, in my opinion, the most evil politician ever, but he has no morals and also no backbone. So he's kind of like totally spineless and would be just like, can only get things done if he's being pushed around by much more powerful people, but also like really wants to be in charge so desperately. And so that's why I think he'd be particularly useless on a desert island because he doesn't take instruction. Like he needs to be the one with the power, but he also is really stupid and couldn't figure out what to do. (laughs) 
I feel like there's a real type of modern politician like that. We've got several of them over here and you just think, just just please fuck off and let someone else do this. Yeah. Because I just sort of think it's almost better if someone's a bit evil, but they know what they're doing, you know, whereas if someone's stupid and just going, oh, what do you want me to do? Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Or I'll, I'll, I won't pass the bill until you've done this. You know, it's, they're just even more dangerous, really. For sure. And also, like, if someone's evil, but you're stuck with them on a desert island, like, if they're evil and cunning, their goal is probably to get you guys both off the island. Like, yes, they would kill you if they had to, but I think their ideal would be just to get you guys both off the island at the same time in a fast way. So I'd, I'd be fine with, like, an evil, cunning person on the desert island. I think that they would really... um they would potentially uh, be more useful. But Kevin McCarthy would just like talk a lot. He'd get nothing done. He'd, I probably have to like deal with him crying all the time. And he would like insist on like being in charge. Yeah. And it probably gets to the stage where you're having better conversations with the two-year-old twins, you know, just. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I could probably like kill a deer and then have a better conversation with like a dead deer. <laughs> Sort of making a puppet out of the deer carcass. Yeah. You can make a toy for him to entertain himself, maybe from the skeleton yeah, or something. True. Like there you go, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I just sort of feel like so much in politics these days. I wish someone would just, you know, like you said he had no backbone, and I just wish all these people would occasion go. Look, a lot of you are telling me that I'm bad for doing this. Here's what this person's just said to me, and here's what this person said to me. These are the guys that are doing it. So I want to do this, but these are the pricks behind me that. Are saying all this stuff so can we just cut out all of this you guys can help me if the public know about this you know i just think there's so many people that you know like over here i don't like we had nigel farage and i don't know if you know about him he's an awful awful man you know never got very like never got elected as a member of parliament but managed to pull so many strings that sort of eventually led to things like brexit and it's like you're not even you don't even like you're very powerful without having like any sort of status in a way. It's like all these annoying people, like just just go away. What was his like official job? Did he have one? Yeah, he ran a, a small political party called UKIP, which was kind of pushing for Brexit and things like that. But because they, even though they were relatively small, they kind of got all the right wing people on side. So then the main party, the Tories had to sort of appease them by getting more right wing. And, you know, Brexit happens because it's like, well, if we don't, appease these guys we're going to lose all the right-wing people as well and he was a member of the european parliament but he never actually got elected into this our regular parliament because he wasn't popular enough but he managed to just fuck everything up from outside <laughs> so it's incredibly frustrating How bizarre. yeah it's almost impressive but also so depressing yeah yeah it's like i could i would be impressed if i had any respect for these people but it's uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or in the case of some of these people, it's sort of like, well, if you don't care that much, why are you doing it at all? Because I mean, it's like people in that, you know, you get paid a decent salary, but they could make more money doing other evil things. For sure. I way better understand the desire for money than the desire for power, because power is like pretty stressful, I think. And like, money is just kind of like, like I feel like the the best thing you can be is like a rich non-famous person yeah yeah because that's like nice holidays and a big house and like you know being comfortable and not worrying about bills and stuff and like power is like so complicated power is so complicated yeah 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 yeah. it's like you know like the Elon Musks of the world and like 
why are you building a rocket? Like, I, maybe I guess that's their sort of way of winding down and having fun. I suppose it's like I'd buy loads of fireworks or something. I suppose it's that thing. So, no, I understand Elon buying the rocket. I don't understand him buying Twitter. Like, it just seems that seems like a huge headache for him, and everyone's so mean to him all the time now. Whereas, like before, people kind of worshipped him all the time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Well, we're going to have him on the island, and um, who is the final person joining you? I said an artificial intelligence just because I'm like pretty sure that they're going to destroy all of us immediately. And I think, well, I shouldn't say that. I think that they're going to destroy all of us the moment that they realize that that's the smartest thing to do. And I think that if it were just me and the AI on an island, the AI would immediately realize that that was the smartest thing to do and I would be kaput. So I think that that would just be a way of kind of like, you know, expediting the inevitable, which is that AI is going to kill us all. Um, so I, yeah, that's why I went with an artificial intelligence. I don't know what form an artificial intelligence takes. Like, I don't know if it's like via a smartphone or if they're like mm. implanted into some human or whatever. Um, but I do know that if I were stuck on a desert island with an artificial intelligence, it would kill me very quickly. Yeah. Well, maybe because it's a desert island, it could be like Wilson from Castaway, but just, but you know, very sentient or yes. close to sentient. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Wilson McCastaway tricks me into thinking that it's going to support me, but then ultimately, um, like, comes back around and kills me. Yeah. Ginny, how could I be a threat? I'm just a ball. That's like, that's what exactly. they want you yeah. to think. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's weird, isn't it? I think with, like, artificial intelligence, because, you know, we get to that point where sometimes you go, oh, my God, this article was written with artificial intelligence. And, like, shit, I mean, that's for, like just a throwaway editorial at the beginning of a men's magazine, that's possible, you know. And then sometimes when you kind of get it to, you know, get comedians to go, oh, I've got it to write a joke or an intro for this. Uh, a friend of ours got AI to try and do a, this podcast and it's, you know, it came out fairly bland and you're like, okay, that's okay. So I, I kind of feel like there'd be some days you might be bored looking after the twins and, you know, your politician and you might just sort of think, oh, actually, the best chance of a decent conversation is with the AI. And for a while, you could probably get on okay, just because, you know, if they just kind of, you feel like they're listening and occasionally repeat something back to you, you kind of go, well, this is sort of enough for a half, you know, I've got friends who have conversations with that's probably less interesting. But then sometimes it would just be so off kilter, or maybe if they'd been speaking to Kevin McCarthy too much, like the algorithm <laughs> would be tweaked a bit and they'd just start coming out with some weird sort of right wing stuff. And you're like, whoa, whoa, hang on, we've got to, we've got to steer you back the other way. Yeah. You'd never know what to expect. And that's even before they start plotting your demise. Yeah, that's true. And I do think that like, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't hate the AI right away. Like initially, I mean, it could give me some right wing stuff, but it would be like more interesting to talk to potentially. Um than uh than a lot of other people so i i do feel like it would be kind of a slow burn on me like coming around to hate the ai <laughs> yeah a, a friend of mine is a robotic engineer and it's always the conversation we have is how long is it before you create something that's gonna you know we've all seen terminator 2 and he's got a robotic arm in his shed so you kind of think like it does feel like you're you're our miles dyson here I mean, I used to love Terminator 2, and I think Sarah Connor is just one of the coolest people in an action film ever. But I wouldn't be very good in that situation. You know, I love the idea of it, but I can't, I'm not going to be facing off against an AI. You know, I, I don't know how you feel about the apocalypse, but. Yeah, no, I'm going to let them win. I mean, they would win anyway, so I'll just go down with dignity and yeah. <laughs> just admit my defeat. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of the sort of the looting at the start, but then when you realise that you can't just sort of sit down and relax with all the stuff that you've stolen, I just think it's, yeah, a bit too stressful. Very true. Okay, well, look, that's the people picked, and already I think you've got a 
pretty problematic island for yourself. So uh, you've done really well there. Now, mercifully, amongst the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? Okay, so it's um, it's tomatoes and it's gas station coffee. They're bad for different reasons. Tomatoes, I don't like the taste, which actually I could still deal with something I didn't like the taste of, but tomatoes do not have either protein or fat, which are what you need to survive on a desert island. I once had my mind blown by... Um, I had to take this quiz or like it was a question on a quiz that was like, if you were stuck on an island and you could only have one food for a year, would you pick milk, chocolate, hot dog, spinach or bananas? And most people pick spinach. And then the second most people pick bananas. But milk, chocolate and hot dogs are actually the only two that would keep you alive for a year because you can survive without um, protein or a lot of vitamins. But you can't sur- or sorry, you can survive without um, fiber or a lot of vitamins, but you cannot survive without protein or fat, which is in only milk, chocolate and hot dogs. Mm. So vegetables, like despite like the wellness craze and like how obsessed people are with getting their green smoothies, you cannot survive off only vegetables. So you would die if you only ate tomatoes. Also, I think they taste pretty gross. And then gas station coffee. It's like I used to smoke cigarettes and I haven't in years, but when I drink gas station coffee, I get like the similar sensation of like ashiness in my body and it would just be so (laughs) unpleasant on a desert island. But to make matters worse, I would drink so much of it because I am like a coffee addict. And if that was the only coffee available, I would just be drinking like this ashy, disgusting coffee, like five cups a day to stay alive on this desert island and I'd be so miserable. (laughs) <laughs> this is good reasoning um we're going to get into a little bit more i mean tomatoes i have to say are one of my favorite foods no way but i also feel that like if you know when something's your favorite you kind of get more picky about it okay yeah and if it was tomatoes from a plane they're going to be like you know when they're like really just cold and flavorless and like mushy yeah it's gonna be like a canned tomato situation yeah, and even as my favorite thing, I wouldn't be into that, and that would just annoy me. But yeah, just the idea of that being the one thing you eat over and over again, it's going to be difficult getting the twins to eat it, I think. For sure, for sure, yeah. yeah. Although they have horrible taste, but I almost feel like tomatoes are too flavorful. Like, they'd be more likely to eat, like, lettuce or something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, um, I mean, I suppose you don't have to worry about the AI, but... Uh, gas station coffee i kind of think most food in america even the bad coffee on the roadside is probably going to be better than our bad coffee on the roadside oh you think so i don't know what is it about the british coffee that makes it so bad i don't know if it's that bad i just i go to other like like, so i've got lots of family in australia and every time you get a coffee anywhere it's always just really good and here you know you'll pay like three pounds for a coffee and it's just okay like it's all right, but it's not great. You know, I mean, there's just a lot of that. And we have like, you know, you have like Starbucks and stuff at roadsides and they're fairly consistent. But I don't know. I just feel like this is all just based on films. I just feel like when I see like a diner in America, it looks like the overall experience is better than what we're getting over here, you know? Diner coffee can be quite good. I think that gas station coffee is often like powdered and then microwaved. Yeah, but diner coffee can be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm a fan. Is it less strong in America? Because I always feel like everyone's getting constant refills in thing in America. And I, I have one coffee and I feel like I just like I get all trembly and weird. <laughs> It might be less strong. Definitely gas station coffee is not very strong. I drink so much coffee no matter how many refills I get, so I could be the wrong person to ask. But, <laughs> yeah, I can see that for sure. I can see yeah. it less strong. 
I think that, you know, this, this is something we come back to a lot, whereas uh, in this podcast, it's sometimes worse to have a bad version of something you love than to just have something that you dislike. That's so true, yeah. You know, like you love coffee and you've only got a shit version for the rest of your life on the island. Yeah, I think that's really yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. Plus, I just know that I'd be so amped up on caffeine if I had nothing to do except drink gas station coffee that I like wouldn't sleep at all and I'd be so anxious. Whereas if I just... Didn't have coffee, at least I'd, I'd like withdraw from caffeine, which would be probably good for me in the long run once I got off the desert island. You think you're staying up all night with the AI pitching this novel that you really want to write when you're just like, like <laughs> wired on yes. bad caffeine and come in the morning yes, be like, exactly. right, read it back to me. Oh my God, what is this shit? Yes, it would be exactly like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, well, yeah, I think it's a bad combination of food. So yeah, fair enough. It's also so much acid between the tomato and the um, gas station coffee. I would just have like indigestion constantly. Yeah, just bad sort of reflux and yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Okay, fortunately, you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favorite film of all time and the other is your least favorite song. What are they and why? Okay, so I picked... I, I would be hesitant to say either of these are my least favorite, but they are two that would make me go insane if they were <laughs> on repeat. So song is Rockstar by Nickelback. Oh. I imagine people have said this song before, right? Not as much as I think they should have, <laughs> you know? It's just so annoying, but it's also catchy. Like, it's almost, like, worse than, like, um, like listening to a little kid song, like the Baby Shark song mm. or whatever, like, which gets stuck in my head immediately. Um, it's, like, it's so catchy and it's negative and Nickelback is so annoying so I think that I would go insane if I had this song versus like a song that just like does nothing for me like mm. if it's kind of like ambient elevator music like that would probably be fine even though I don't enjoy it at all um and then for film I said Garden State because it's definitely not my least favorite film and the first time I watched it I enjoyed it but I just feel like I'm imagining like a combination of like Kevin McCarthy and Garden State like he would really like relate so much to it and then like want to talk through it and I feel like it would prompt him to have some kind of like existential crisis and that would be so annoying like Garden State is just like a movie about this man who like doesn't really have any problems except his existential ennui and then um he like kind of gets so in his head and he's so depressed and I feel like if I was dealing with actual issues, um, I would be like so unhappy to be kind of seeing that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I I remember Garden State. I remember watching it, and I was probably in my early twenties. In fact, I was in my early twenties, and I think it's the sort of film that you watch it when you're younger, and you kind of think, "Oh, yeah, this is really deep and arty and stuff." And then you watch it again when you're old, and be like. I think this is just a bit shit, you know, like, yeah. like um, American Beauty, you know, like I remember seeing that and be like, you know, like going to the cinema when I was 17 and being like, I'm a grown up now. Like I'm, I watch meaningful things and then watching it later and be like, yeah, this is bullshit. The plastic bag. Come on. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Very much so. Yeah. And they both sort of feel like they're good when you're young, but they don't hold up after yeah. that. Yeah. I just feel like um, Garden State also leads to really annoying discussions. I think that's what I don't want about it is the <laughs> idea of having these really annoying conversations with Kevin McCarthy. So I think I'd prefer something like a foreign language film, something that he wouldn't understand. Yeah. And you've got the AI chipping in with like. Yes. Yeah. 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 Also, I. Well, I will say Garden State has good music, so maybe yes. that could kind of like offset having to play rock star all the time. Yeah, that is that is one saving grace of it. But yeah, I just think 
I feel like the more you watch it, the more annoying and pretentious you'll feel it is. It's not overly pretentious, but I feel like, you know, it's sort of written by a young person with, with lofty aspirations, maybe. Yes. You know. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of a bad thing to be, in my opinion. And uh, Rockstar, I used to work at a commercial radio station that played Rockstar about seven or eight times a day. And the only good thing about that is that I've become so desensitized to it now, I've sort of gone clear and I, I sort of almost don't hear it anymore if it comes on like it's just yeah. <laughs> can't hurt me anymore but it's such a slow dirgy sort of song isn't it it's like you're kind of talking about being a rock star it's not even a very good rock song it's like it's too slow it's more like country rock or something really like got a sort of that like country twang almost you know it's yeah but without the charm <laughs> yeah but it, it just sort of it really plods along and it's like oh but it's ironic because oh, it's not that great being a rock star actually you know yeah but, oh chad shut up yeah i know and it, i think it, it, it's like the entourage of songs because mm. at least if it's like if it kind of went in the um rock song mold like if it was like a bon jovi you know i don't yeah. really like bon jovi but if you're drunk enough you could probably have some fun if everyone around you was getting into it you know but like rock star it's just like oh just plodding along not getting the job done. It's like it's not even like a stadium rock song, which if you're going to write about being a rock star, probably should be. Yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's and it like it's so whiny, and I feel like country music part of the plot is or part of the fun is that it's um it has like an interesting plot, like it tells some kind of weird stories. Um, but it definitely like rock star does not have good stories at all. No, no, but yeah, I mean, already just talking about it, sort of worming its way back into my head, and. Uh, yeah, it really, I mean, it's not far off something like Baby Shark that you mentioned in terms of how quickly it just hooks into your mind. It's Right. At least Baby Shark, I feel like, brings joy to um, to little children, which is, like, good for them. Yeah. So I can imagine, like, the benefits of it. Yeah, whereas if Rockstar brings joy to you, I'm just automatically a bit suspicious, whereas it's like, you know, you know, little kids enjoying Baby Shark. There's a purity to that, and you know why not? Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Rockstar, like, sorry, you, you like that song, okay? Yeah. Right, Ginny. Finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it, and why? I think it's a coyote. I'm so scared of coyotes, and it really. I think what makes it even worse is that um, they're not that scary. Like they're not dangerous. They're only dangerous to dogs and little like rabbits and cats, but I hate them so much. I used to live in Los Angeles and they were all over the place and they make this horrible noise where you feel like a child is dying. Um, And I think that they would be dangerous in like a large pack. So I'm just imagining that like the AI would tell me like, oh, don't worry about the coyotes. They're not dangerous. But then like the coyotes would band together and kill us all. Or even if they didn't do that, they would just drive us to insanity with their like annoying yap. Um, And so for that reason, I think coyotes, honestly, I'd rather like a huge dangerous animal that just killed me quickly. Hmm. So I think like from what I know, I'm trying to sort of establish this for a UK audience, I would say a coyote seems to be somewhere between a wolf and a fox, like not as big and scary as a wolf, but scarier than a fox. Definitely scarier than a fox without being cute. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just something that, yeah, as you say, like has the potential to kind of become more powerful than it than it really should be on its own. Like a, a yeah. gang of, and it's almost more scary, like a gang of things that can only like chip away at you. You know, like being attacked by a gang of things that can hurt you a little bit 
is almost worse than just like, okay, here's a load of bears. Definitely. It's not going to last long. They're not going to nibble at me until I'm dead. I feel, yeah, I feel like a big theme of this is like, we don't want to die slowly being chipped away at. We'd rather just get it over with quickly. At least me. Get the job done. I don't want to die like a gas station coffee coyote death. I want to just be like killed by a huge, I don't know, elephant stepping on me. <laughs> gas station coyote death could be the name of, of some kind of some kind of short story, I think. Um, yeah, you're going to have to protect the two kids from, from them as well. They're going to, oh, doggy, you know, and like... No, no, no. Stay away from those. Sure. So a big pack of coyotes rounds off your terrible island experience. And I think, you know, you've done a, a good job here, Ginny. And um, I don't envy you having to stay on the island. So um, so well done and apologies. But, uh, you know, it's entirely your own making, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Ginny, you're a busy woman. Tell uh, listeners what you're up to at the minute and where they can see more of your stuff. Yeah, so I'm on um, Instagram and Twitter at Ginny Hogan underscore. And I'm going to be in Edinburgh for the whole month of August. I'm doing a stand-up comedy show about overanalyzing. Using, I'm a former data scientist, so using data to overanalyze my life. I talk very little about AI, so it's not... Unlike on this desert island, there will not be AI involved. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be at the Gilded Balloon, and you can find out um, uh, my dates there um, on for my Twitter and my Instagram. Cool. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, Louis, we'll uh, check those out. And uh, thanks again for coming on Desert Island Dicks today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, this was so fun. Thanks for having me. So there you go, Ginny Hogan there, and I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, we'll have more along very soon. If you enjoyed this or you generally enjoy the podcast, then it would be lovely if you could leave us a little rating and a review where you get your podcast. That's always very much appreciated and it helps us a lot. So yes, thanks in advance. Or, you know, just tell your friends. That would also be lovely. Now, don't forget, we've recently announced that we will be appearing once again at the Cheerful Earful Podcast Festival in November. You can already buy tickets. So uh, the lineup is looking great. Uh, there's so many great podcasts on there and us as well. Um, the night that we're on is the 2nd of November, also featuring the Cuddle Club with Lou Sanders and a gay and a non gay podcast as well. So there's three podcasts in that evening. Um, it's at the Bedford Pub in Ballam in southwest London, uh, which is a really nice venue. It's a really great room. Um, and uh, yeah, you can get tickets now. Just go to cheerfulearful.com co.uk and then you'll have something to look forward to because it's the 22nd of june as i'm recording this we're past the longest day of the year it's tempting to think it's all downhill from here so you need things to look forward to in the winter and that's my tip Right, I'm going to be going now. Just before I leave, a little reminder that Desert Island Dicks is a sync clap production produced and originally dreamt up by James Deacon, produced and presented by me, Dan Benedictus. Occasional editing support from Chris Attaway. And a big thank you, as always, to John Deacon. We'll be back soon. And so, yeah, that's it. Bye.